Broadcasting from Fairfax, Virginia, you are now tuned in to the Highlight Cast with your hosts, Adam McNair and Kevin Long. Hello and welcome to the Highlight Cast. Uh, I'm glad to uh, have the opportunity to talk to everybody again. Uh, this is Adam McNair, COO from Highlight Technologies, joined by Kevin. Hi there, Kevin Long, uh, Vice President of Delivery. So, as we uh, speak and are recording this, we are in the midst of uh, what is already to date the longest shutdown of the, the federal government. And one of the things that, that we have already publicly commented on as a company is uh, our CEO, Rebecca Andino, posted a LinkedIn post about kind of a combination of what we are currently doing and really the frustration of everyone. Of everyone, really, yes, about the fact that we have employees, that it is very difficult for us to explain a future path for. Um, you know, I know just for me personally, I was visiting our team in Cincinnati the week before it happened, and as we were talking about it, I said, look, I, I, based on my purview, our contract is funded, uh, we work off-site, I would envision we should be okay, and... Um, that, that, that's one of the teams that we have that is, is currently shut sure. down. So, so Rebecca's uh, post uh, was a lot about you know, the, 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 that position that it puts us in, and I think it is a, a stronger feeling than it has been in times past just because of the length the of it. The duration is insane. Yeah. yeah, now, Kevin, you've been, I'm certainly, involved in shutdowns in the past. Yeah. Uh, what has that been like? Uh, it's crazy uncertain. It is... You know, uh, you're at work one day listening to the news on, on the way home, and you literally don't know necessarily if you show up for work the next day, or if you do, if you're going to have to legitimately figure out what an orderly shutdown actually means, right? It, it's um, it, it, it's hardly a, a you always see it coming. It's like you're standing on a train track and you see the light coming at you because. You know, your customers and everyone else is, you know, having to do crazy drills of, you know, figuring out who's essential, right? And and putting those names in and then you get to talk to those people and say, hey, you get you still get to come to work and turning to other folks that you're working with and explaining that unessential doesn't mean unnecessary, mm-hmm. but please don't come to work tomorrow. Yeah, and I, I find that, it first off, it is very, very strange, oftentimes, who gets deemed to be essential in a given environment. Um, yes. You might have three systems administrators, and one of them is essential, and, and two of them are not, and they all do the same work, and it it can be down to something as, um, as random as who filled that out yeah. when they put the contract in place. Sometimes somebody that is an administrator on a system that has been deemed essential versus uh, a different one will end up being, uh, you know, being allowed to continue to come into work. Um, the other thing that is a kind of an, it's a consequence that now's not the time to think about it, but in most professions, if you stopped doing what you were doing for a month and you come back, I mean, Entropy essentially starts to introduce chaos into the environment, and you come back in a month. If it's an IT system, it's not oh working the goodness. way it used to. Yeah, and it's crazy. And bluntly, if you're doing what you're supposed to do and haven't been working or thinking about it, 
I can't tell you what I was doing this time last month. Right. Holy cow. Well, and everybody, you know, the, a lot of our programs are, are pretty well documented, and we have processes yeah. we follow, and it... But that's usually at a macro level. You know, if yeah. you think about it, when we start a program, there's usually a defined 30 to 90 day window that's dedicated to transition, which means that we have an entire team focused on nothing but getting a program started up. Yep. We don't do that when this ends. We just have to show up again the next day and hit and, the ground, I and guess. Figure out what entropy impacted and and what needs to happen and your customers are just as confused and, and having to pick up everything and and you know how many emails are you getting from people that weren't furloughed and and how many how full is your systems log do you, do you need to dump or or your temp files or, or any of that stuff i mean it's startup i mean there's orderly shutdown you hear but you know we ever hear you know a lot of talk about just the trouble that it is to to restart all of the non-essential work that that happens yeah on the on the spectrum of disruptive things that happen like this there were a lot of years where we would go through continuing resolution budgets and what that really meant was that you were mostly just going to do operational things you were going to maintain what you were doing but you weren't going to get to do any real new initiatives right but there's a certain amount of almost gray area to that. I feel like that, especially when you get down into uh, IT systems or you get into process engineering, as long yeah. as you didn't have to go out and procure new materials, new hardware, new software, new oh yeah, you know supplies, materials, you could enhance things with it not technically being new. Right. It, it's. What is maintenance in the operations and maintenance as opposed to development modernization? Uh, and yeah, there's a, there's a ton of gray area that the government makes use of all the time because if mm -hmm. if literally all you do is you know uh, keep changing oil in in the same car and that's it. I mean, eventually the tires are going to go bald. You got to do something. Yeah. So there, that that what is new and what is maintenance? It was never terribly disruptive, at least for the programs that I was involved in or responsible for. And if anything, you knew that you couldn't completely replatform something. You right. couldn't go out and decide that you were going to go from platform X to platform Y. That was going to be a multi-year effort, and it it would get frustrating because then you started up against the, the technical reference model of your organization and you had some strategic plan that you were going to retire a given platform and that really negated that. Yeah. So now all of a sudden you have to recalculate all your costs because now your maintenance costs are going way up because right. you thought you were going to be done with whatever system that was. Yeah. But, but you could go from version 7 to version 10 of the existing one because hey they're not going to support version 7 anymore, but version 10 has all of these neat new widgets, whistles, bells, and things that you can do for it. And so Yeah, and sometimes it would just go away. You couldn't do it anymore. They, right. you know, especially in the SaaS licensing oh. model, sometimes things just turn off and you yep. can't use them anymore. Now, so I've been through a lot of those. Yeah. Um, there was sequestration in I want to say it was 2013 maybe, ish, sure. ish approximately. Um, and so the sequestration process, that to me felt a fair amount like what we are going under now. Um, the reason I say that is 
so I had a, a federal civilian group at the time, and I was nearly unimpacted. Yeah. I think of everybody in my organization. I had two people at the National Library of Medicine that could not bill and go to work. And so from my perspective, it really wasn't... wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible, and the guy across the hall from me who ran a group the same size as mine had... 85 to 90% of his organization shut down. And it was it was devastating to him and his team and the programs. Um, and that's a little bit what that this shutdown feels like to me because this, yeah. this started as a very, very strange kind of rolling shutdown yeah. that has, for, fed, for federal employees, Organizations shut down, and then some of them have been called back to work. Yeah, they called the State Department back today. Right. And um, I've seen a few other organizations where they started to call people back, and they said, even though we know we're not paying you right now, we're yep. passing a resolution in, in, yep. on the Hill, and so you will get paid, just not right now. Um, that's been that's very different as a contractor, though. Yeah. Um, the way ours has happened really is that it depends on your customer and if your customer is there we can show up and do work and that has changed back and forth a little bit if you're funded and it is if you're funded and by by happenstance i you know one one of our strengths is we have a pretty diverse base of contracts so that's by strategy and this is the same thing that that rebecca said in her her linkedin article was some of it is just the, 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 the happenstance of what or organizations got funded in the appropriations, and as luck would have it, most of our customers got funded already. Yes, super thankful. Now, that dynamic, though, of some of the federal employees have been able to come back, that largely hasn't happened with our people that are shut down. And and we don't get to bill for that. That's not money that's no. It's not recoupable. No, it's a well, not without the customer agreeing, and then on time and materials contracts, you might be able to if people are willing to work overtime, mm-hmm. extra hours. Um, then we might be able to bill that because we're literally not burning against ceiling that it, that exists, but. The contract team isn't going, isn't going to suddenly have a paycheck show up in their mailbox for having had to sit at home and worry about when they were going to get to go back to work. Yeah, and the the you know the news coverage is generally all about federal employees and federal employee paychecks and what they will be able to do or, or, or not do for the federal employees and. Um, I have seen at least talk of legislation related to contractors, uh, which is the first time I've seen that happen. I, I think it's it's probably a little bit of evidence of the amount of information that's now available and the the news cycle and a little bit more in-depth focus on, on this shutdown because it has yeah. stretched so long. But I've never seen contractors talked about before, and that was always Ever. kind of the secret: was contractors that are shut down never get paid. That yeah. And the caveat, I guess, to that is it really comes down into the, and this is why it's so complicated for us right now. It comes down to contract type. Yeah. Uh, we've got some fixed price contracts that 
our customer is shut down, but because we are still maintaining or developing their application, we're doing yep. that from our main office, and we're fine, even though the customer is shut down. Yeah, I mean, some of the most unusual letters we've ever gotten is saying, you know, your, your contract at agriculture, your core and your KO are shut down and going to be furloughed. They are not deemed essential personnel. However, your contract is funded and you work off-site and have work to do. Therefore, please continue to work through the shutdown. Mm -hmm. We will try to be responsive, but you will probably not hear from the people you are used to hearing from. And, you know, we got that for a couple of our contracts at agencies that are shut down, which is, um, honestly, I was surprised. Yeah, and that, so that's strange. You know, then we have some contracts that are a hybrid of fixed price and time and materials, and our fixed price employees are permitted to work, but the time and materials employees are not. And yep. I say that just to get down into the, the, the that random feeling that somebody can be on a contract and they get to come to work and the person beside them doesn't or vice versa. Yeah. Through, through literally almost just chance or, or, or fate, yeah. um, what, what kinds of conversations have you ended up having with, um, with, with your teams as we've gone through this process? Oof. Well, uh, man, it, it, it can be really varying, and it, it, it changes based on whether the team or the people you're talking to have been through a shutdown before. Mm-hmm. Um, first time you go through it, you have to explain that non-essential doesn't mean not important. I think that's a very good point. Um, and then have to explain, you know, how we're going to be in touch with you, what they need to do in terms of finding out when they should go back to work, how they're going to end up going, going back, um, talking with people about, you know, using PTO, leave without pay, or what it takes if if they choose that they'd rather go on unemployment and get laid off it is um you know uh you know it's a communication drill and um it's a lot of making sure that the each team knows that the work that they do is important that uh this isn't knock on wood going to last forever mm-hmm. um and that no matter what different folks say the government doesn't tend to waste a ton of money that they're not putting out contracts with people that are non-competitive and and unnecessary and that you know hold on it's going to be difficult we'll get through it and we'll you know we'll, we'll give you as much information as we have as as we have it yeah and that's really for what we did as a, as a company or have been doing uh, since this is still going on when we when we came up to the the precipice of, of this this shutdown, now first off, it was a very very difficult holiday message to to send out the happy holidays. We hope you have a great new year. And in the event that the government shuts down, here are the things. And, and honestly, that was kind of the timing of um, of our messaging out to to our employees. Yeah. And. The the continued communication is one that we uh, we try to continue to let everybody know what we know, um, which is varies from a lot to a little contract to contract. We have yeah. some some contracts that we know are funded for the entire year. 
there's going to be no issue. Um, but we have kind of a, a rolling list of places where we would have issue um, on a kind of month-to-month basis. Yeah. And we've never had to look at it that way before. I mean, most oh. of the shutdowns I've ever been involved in, it was something like it, the government shut down on a Friday. Yes. They're open on Tuesday. Yeah, and it was, you would see them on, on C-SPAN, and there would be some kind of conversation that we are now shut down, and there would be a lot of talking, and there would be whatever matter was at issue. There would be the shutdown counter on all the websites and whatever, and it would, it would once it hit about 72 hours, right. uh, sometime around Monday or Tuesday, it would open up. And we all really, it was about the same impact as... A snow day, right. or or more realistically, a lot of times, you know, like when uh, when President Bush passed away and they closed the government for a day out of out of respect, things yeah. like that. It's, Unplanned, it, but you can cope with. You can cope with. Um, now, something that a lot of people probably may, maybe not don't realize is that when the government does things like that. Um, Contractors, it's the same way as just if it's shut down. Getting paid as a contractor when the government decides to close for a day or like now for for a month, it really is the same. So yeah. it's it's depending on the, your contract type, you might be able to to be indefinitely getting paid while it's while it's closed, or it might be some combination of of PTO and and leave. Yeah. Um, it's- in, in, in the times that you've worked on site, now, were you actually shut down and at home at any point, or was it... I have been really lucky that uh, when I was on site at customer site, it I was at State Department, and State Department had a really smart guy that ran the M Bureau, Management Bureau, and he was able to keep the entire department open essentially through visa processing fees and passport fees that consular affairs put in so i i have been around it and i've had people that work with me and and for me get sent home Uh, i am really lucky that that i have i i never had to be on the receiving end of that conversation gotcha yeah and that that's that again it 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 isn't even and people might say, okay, well, who's who's really essential from an agency perspective? Okay, well, I'm sure uh, Homeland Security and and Department of Defense, those kinds of things. It's very, very random yeah. um, as to wh- who's m- mission essential and who's not and who's deemed that way and what agencies stay open and which ones don't. Oh, yeah. Uh, when, when we were found out that State Department was going to stay open... We had the guidance still do all of the all of the determination who's essential, who's non-essential, because they weren't sure it was going to happen. So um, I had gotten to talk with all of my staff, and the customer had talked with me. You know, project manager, you're not essential. Sorry. It's like oh, that that makes sense. I, I'm not going to keep I'm not going to keep the secretary's IT systems up and running. You know, John. John will do that. John should be in the office. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, now, so some of the things that we have done as a company, um, in addition to just trying to over-communicate, yeah. um, we, we were able to 
establish a leave pool for folks because yeah. everybody that can't be billing and um, you know we can only carry folks for so long just kind of out, out of pocket um, we were able to establish and, and pay for as a company a, a pool of leave mm -hmm. um, that was partially funded by the corporation and partially funded by donations from employees because you know, yeah. we're in this situation where we're about 10% shut down across the company and the other 90% of people across Highlight gave various amounts of leave that we, um, we, we used to fund a bank of, um, of leave for those people that, that are shut down. Um, now, that's worked thus far. We've done yep. some things with uh, some some businesses in the area with regard to discounts and things like that for uh, for furloughed employees, both yep. contractors and and federal. Um, I know my my wife was out with the owner of so if anybody's near the Twenty Nine Diner in Fairfax. Uh, it's actually impressive what they're doing. They are up to sixty dollars per family free food per day. Wow. So if you are a furloughed government employee or contractor, yep. um, you can go in there and they will give you $60 worth of food. You can eat it there, you can take it home, and you can come back every day. Wow. And, um, you know, 29 Diner does a lot of things like that. Um, they do a, they, they feed a lot of veterans, they feed a lot of police and, and fire department, they, they feed... Uh, a lot of different organizations from a charitable perspective like that but so that's what what's what they are doing and so we um, uh, donate a little bit to them to, to nice. help facilitate that but I've seen I think it's a Z pizza put up mm -hmm. signs too that it's uh, between three and five flash a government ID say you're furloughed get a free pizza flash a contractor ID say you're furloughed get a five dollar pizza mm-hmm so, well, yeah. and and it's, I've seen a lot of it. Um, th th there are increasingly stories that are things I've never seen before, where so many places yeah. are offering um, discounts and such for for furloughed folks. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I, I think was not something I thought about, but I was ending up talking to my father about it, and my father was always very cavalier about shutdowns. He always just say, you know, son, this is just going to be a paid vacation for me, because here's what's going to happen. They're going to shut it down for a couple of days. I will come back to work at some point here, and I will get all of my back pay. He, he, he would always trumpet the fact that he worked 51 years for the federal government. I never worked one day that I didn't get paid for. I'm not worried about it. Well, nice. That, though, was when these shutdowns were always a few days. Yeah. And uh, I was talking to him when this, right around the time all this happened, and um, he said, well, you know, what I'm not sure of is if they're actually going to run pension checks, because he's retired now. And I'm not really sure if they're going to run pension checks and deposit them or not. And it's, I don't know if the funding from the pension plan, I, I wouldn't imagine that would get, you know, uh, interrupted. But I don't know if the people that actually do cutting the checks, the check cutting, are going to be there, and that's another big that's huge populace of people that, as far as I know, and last I talked to him, he did get his first pension check 
But he also doesn't know and has no real way yep. to find out. The uncertainty is is really frustrating. Yeah, and it's it's it, it really is. Um, and so I guess that that summing up what we've been able to do for people, we we were able to raise enough leave that the first full uh, two weeks that the government was going to be shut down, we were able to pay everybody. So everybody yep. got a full paycheck. Um, I think we are probably square for that again here for the last half of, of January that everybody that is shut you know shut down will, will yep. still be on on payroll um, the the big question of course is how long this this lasts it will end eventually yeah. um, I mean that 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 May, may be too powerful a statement, but I'm pretty sure that it will end eventually and all this will, will open back up. Um, what do you think, or how bad do you think it is going to impact that contractor federal employee dynamic? Because we spend a lot of time trying to search for commonality between yeah. contractors and federal employees and feel like all part of one team, and I feel like things like this are very uh, disruptive to oh, it points that team out, building. It points out the really most stark difference between uh, contractor and and federal employee there. It's that, well, while there's no guarantee and it will take take an act of Congress to issue back pay to, to feds, there are precisely zero examples in the history of America where, where back pay hasn't been issued. Um, your dad's absolutely right. I mean, he, he, if he was... If he sat at home, he got a paid vacation. If he was deemed essential, he went in and he eventually got paid. Um, and it is it is difficult to be on the shorter end of that stick uh, when you're when you're a contractor. Um, that said, you know, I mean, as I used to have one customer who would always come in and say, "All you highly paid government contractors need to." Do X, Y, and Z, and there are examples where where contractors make more money than feds in the day-to-day -day business. There are examples where they don't, mm -hmm. um, and where they don't, it makes it that much more more difficult. But uh, um, with with the right framing and point of view, I really think that it's um, there's still enough commonality between customer and contractor that everyone can look at it and agree it's like wow that was terrible and I also you know just kind of thinking about what we were talking about with the logistics of different kinds of contracts it's possible that there will be pockets of the government that were essentially unaffected yeah the government was was working all the contractors were working and sure um, that I think is one of the strangest things about this is that there are so many organizations that hear this, and I, I think it's fair to say that pretty much all media is dominated by the shutdown conversation. I mean, pretty much every website there that I look go. at, every sh every news show that I turn on, this is really the driving dialogue of the day. But big parts of um, big parts of the government will have been completely untouched by it. Yeah, I mean, the impact for DOD contracts, contractors, and and uh, feds, it's going to be a vastly different experience than it is for 
Department of Interior mm -hmm. or, or Agriculture, uh, where, I mean, essentially everyone got sent home. Yeah, and it in, in the same way that it's going to miss some government organizations, it will miss or really negatively impact contractors in uneven ways. Um, you know, there are companies like ourselves who we have 10% of our workforce who are at home and we're uh, finding ways to do things for them. And we're spending a lot of time having conversations at a granular employee by employee level, monitoring leave balances and figuring out how much more leave we could allocate. But that's because the preponderance of our, of our company is not shut down. Yeah. Uh, I, I am sure there are companies in this industry right now who are essentially on life support and yeah. are, what, what do you do? I mean, I think you almost go into hibernation mode. If, if we had 50 employees or any number of employees, but 100% of them were supporting interior and agriculture. You send everybody home then. I mean, yeah, yeah. Headquarters, you, you everybody. Everyone. It's, yeah. it's, we'll call you when it opens back up because, I mean, mo most companies don't sit around with, you know, months and months of operating capital just sitting in a bank. Mm -hmm. And and that also ties into, I think, the retention and, and future impacts. You know, one of the things that yeah. you said is it it depends on how long somebody has been a contractor as to whether they've been through this before. And I think that's the same thing whether they've been through a contract transition before or not. You know, I've sure. had employees over the years that uh, we go tell them, hey, look, um, we just won this contract. Yep. And they go, well, I don't know what that means. It's like, well, the company that you work for doesn't have this work anymore, and now we have this work. They say, right. well, what say do I have in it? It's like, well, None. That's it's an uncomfortable statement, but you actually don't like. The, you don't have to work for us, but you can't work here if you, you don't. Yeah, that that seat you're in is our our contract now, and I have to put a person in it to do that job, and yeah. that can be you or somebody else. But yeah, that's not you anymore, and that's that's a really really awkward thing. Now that's and that goes into whether you some contractors aren't aren't honest with their employees, which is is unfortunate. But yeah. The, the that same kind of impact and that kind of insecurity it creates and the stress it creates are, are you envisioning major impact from lack of people wanting to get into federal contracting after this is over it's a great question I, I don't know that we'll see a lack of people wanting to get in because from from the outside, it's all over the news, but it's a it's something that's likely impacting someone else. I, I fear people that are in the game that decide that it's not worth it and that, you know, Amazon's not going anywhere, but they are coming here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so why why don't we go why don't we go dip our toe in the commercial sector? Or why don't we go look at only DOD because the odds that they're going to shut down the Department of Defense are much lower than agriculture, education, interior, pick pick somewhere in civilian, right? Yeah, this, this I think is the first tangible time where it would be very difficult to give a person an answer for working in a 
shutdown agency to try to sell them on that job. You know, there have been times before where the the, the political agenda was towards some agencies and against others, yep. and and you are talking to a, a prospective employee and they say, well, if I go to work for Agency X, it sounds like this administration it is really, their policies are not the focused on this agency. This seems to be an afterthought. You say, okay, yes. But so the difference is, is their annual budget going to be $4 billion right. or $3.6 billion? Do you really think that that's your, your salary is not that much. Right. There's you know, room for you. Somebody went and took a, a trash can full of water out of the ocean. Are you now go, not going to buy a boat because <laughs> there's slightly less water than there used to be? Yep. It's not going to impact you. You don't. You can't afford a boat big enough that that's going to be a problem. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, I almost feel like it is. The last time I think I can correlate it to something that felt like this was... When the base realignment in DOD started to yeah. happen, yeah, and and there were times where, you know, for example, I had a team out in Nebraska, and there was a lot of conversation and rumors that that entire office was going to be evaporated, and they were going to be consolidated. And you say, well, but it might not happen. And this. That's when history starts to play in, and they'd say, look, the only reason that we're all here in Omaha right now is that this agency used to have regional offices in each one of these states, and they shut all of them down, and they went from 60 people to 12 of us here in Omaha, and we do regional support remotely. All they're doing is another level of roll-up of that, and they're going to close down this town and 12 others, and we're all going to end up in one Midwest location that probably won't be here. And it was a real wow. hiring challenge. Now, that never really played out, but it doesn't have to play out to scare people No, it just has to be the it. perception. And so, so you think that we're going to see people that have supported some of these agencies that have been shut down, you think you're going to see them try to get to those other agencies, or do you think they're going to get out of federal contracting? Little from column A, little from column B, and some people have drank the Kool-Aid on the mission enough that they're willing to, to, to stick it out. Um, I know for a fact that it's almost certainly going to be a conversation with with people when I'm hiring that that folks are going to ask about it. It's like, well, what is... I, I, I'm used to getting asked, what is your contract funding like? Or uh, what is your period of performance? Now I, I'm thinking that we're going to start getting asks like, what is your agency's budget like? Mm -hmm. You know, when was it last? When was it, it, it last given uh, its budget? Is it on a CR uh, that's been approved? Or, or does it actually have a budget? Um, or even more so, is your budget or is your agency self-funding? And and that is something that um, is a very good point. You know, it's it is interesting to look at the organizations that create their own funding. Uh, you know, you mentioned State Department, Consular Affairs creates so much money from passport and visa fees yep. that. Um, they are at some level almost 
budget proof. Yep. Um, FDIC is in a lot of those finance and regulatory organizations that can charge regulatory fees yep. are, are largely the same way. Um, so there are certainly organizations that have some revenue streams. Um, you know, and, certainly the rarity. Yeah, um, and then the other side of that is it's not quite as certain, but it is certainly protected. Is there are a lot of functions of government that are required by regulation and law, and yeah. it takes an act of Congress to stop doing that. You know, if census ha- has to do a, 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 de- <laughs> right. a decennial. Yeah. Um, now, boy, I never even thought if that if there was a shutdown during a census, that would be. I mean, Constitution says, "Thou shalt." Oh, Thou shalt. Yeah. Yes. Now, that that the other thing that is, is is having worked on two of the decennials, um, that is not a six month ramp up to do the decennial <laughs> census. It is a nine point six year ramp up to do a decennial census. Yeah. Um, it's a massive undertaking, and. Uh, you know, the last one that I was involved in, I want to say it was 700,000 temporary workers oh, that get God. hired to, um, I mean, if you think about what that would take, that you need 700,000 people to go door to door. Knock on doors. Hi. And knock on doors. But you need to ramp them up, have them do that, complete their tasks in a given amount of time. You need to train them to do it, and then you need to offboard them. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a massive undertaking, just wow. from a, a logistics standpoint. Um so that's that's where we are for the the shutdown. I yeah. I sincerely hope that uh, this is the only highlight cast we ever do about the shutdown. Um, there's some other things that we will likely um, want to touch on in future episodes. We uh, for for one, we are moving to a new headquarters office in uh, in March of uh, of 2019. Yep. We are rebranding the corporation uh, for. Uh, a little bit more of who we truly are today as opposed to who we have been, which is always a thing that you need to update occasionally. And um, we also, since recently, have added ISO 44000 to the corporation, which were were, were the first certainly small business in America and based on what we understand from our registrar, we're the first U.S.-based corporation uh, to get ISO 44000 certified, which is really managing risk and ensuring performance collaboratively between us and our customers. And so that's something we would like to talk about. But but honestly, the the first thing we think about when we get to work every day right now and the last thing we think about before we leave and what we think about in the evening is the fact that the government is partially shut down down and we've got – uh, several of our employees that are that are impacted that we are doing our best to take the sting out of that, but yep. it is it isn't sustainable indefinitely, no. and um, there's just a lot of of negative impacts to it in a lot of different ways. So we will get to those other topics, uh, but we wanted to talk about uh, about this one. The so. 800 pound gorilla. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, thank you everybody for taking the time to listen, and uh, we will t- we'll talk to you again soon. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the hosts and do not necessarily reflect Highlight Technologies and or any agency of the U.S. government.